millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to another episode of Mysteries of the Unexplained. Yes, bitch, we're back. We had a little trial episode with Will's first edition back. Let's just say it, it was a bit hit and miss, but I'm back now. I was always a professional of the group and um, I'm going to scare you senseless with a little story about one of my favourite subjects, the Loch Ness Monster. A relation, I believe. <laughs> Now, it hasn't been proven yet, but we may share some DNA. Yeah, we may be of the same um, genetic uh, origin. Yeah. And you, I believe, uh, William, you're uh, related to some kind of marsupial, some kind of scrawny, flea-infested marsupial prone to rabies that lives in the lower Amazon, I believe. <laughs> I definitely, um, a meerkat, there's definitely a bit of meerkat in me somewhere. Like, it's it's definitely along the way yeah. there. And yeah. also, like, like definitely, like a, like, a mousy kind of creature as well, I think. Yeah, like... You're like straight up water hog though <laughs> like straight up okay I was gonna say erratic movements big goggly eyes prone to rabies and you're like I'm a water hog like you always have to take it like just a little bit too far go fuck yourself I hope you guys are enjoying us being back you better not come for me finish her we just missed each other a bit I think and uh, in reality we didn't talk as much when we weren't recording so it was save the friendship and go back to uh, record the podcast or um, live a life apart who knows which one is better but here we are accurate <laughs> yes so today I am bringing you a little story about Nessie herself now um well you know that I might have had a little encounter this year that brought Nessie even closer to my heart maybe even physically so but that's for later on in the episode but just a little question for you do you in general when I say Nessie yes or no e what do you think like would you like automatically say yes or no Mm, I want to believe, but I think no. I just think no. Okay. 
Okay. Well, I kind of would. I'm kind of the same as you. And that wraps up today's episode. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. I'm the same as you, but I don't know. I might have changed my mind over the summer and um, I'll fill you in on why. But first of all, I'm just going to give you a little bit of history of Nessie herself. Like I'm sure you're, oh, you've all seen a few pictures and I think there's um, there's a little bit of contention over whether some of these pictures have actually been found as real or fake. So let's just clear that up. Number one. Right. But first of all, did you know mm-hmm. that the origins of Nessie and the first time she was ever talked about go back as far as the fucking sixth century? Sixth century. Like that's a fucking, that's a fu- and the Irish were involved. No matter where you go in the world and no matter what kind of hokey pokey shite is going on, there's some big Irish Egypt with their head up in the middle of it, isn't there? Yeah, we do have a tendency to get in the middle of stuff and kind of crop our heads up and be like, hello, hello. <laughs> it's probably quite annoying, to be honest with you. Like, can we not just stick to our own small island and just fucking get on with it? No, we had to be no. like, sorry, what's going on no. here? But that has followed through to today's <laughs> present day nosiness, general nosiness. I was going to say it's more prevalent in rural Ireland, but it's not. It's everywhere. No. No, it's not. General nosiness and general, like, having to photobomb every fucking photo that's ever taken and get your big stupid Irish head up in it. Like, we just can't, like, we're like vermin. Like, you just can't get rid of us. But anyway, right, this story will highlight such fact. <laughs> the earliest report of a monster in the vicinity of Loch Ness appears in the life of St. Columba by Adamnan, written in the 6th century AD. According to Adam Nunn, writing about a century after the events described, Irish monk St. Columba was staying in the land of the Picts with his companions when he encountered local residents burying a man by the River Ness. They explained that the man was swimming in the river when he was attacked by a water beast that mauled him and dragged him underneath despite oh. their attempts to rescue him by boat. Columba sent a follower, Ligna Mokdamin, to swim across the water. The beast approached him, but Columba made the sign of the cross and said, Go no further. Do not touch the man. Go back at once. The creature stopped as if he had been pulled back by ropes and fled, and Columba's men in the pics gave thanks for what they perceived as a miracle. Now, does this story ring bells to a little Irish paddy like yourself? No. No. I don't know if it... I don't know. Um, St. Patrick and the Snakes. What? Never heard of him. <laughs> Saint who? Next you'll be telling me that there'll be a, uh, there's a day devoted to him and that he's celebrated across the lands. <laughs> yeah, so this story, right? Like there was all these stories of saints back in the day that went over and Jesus, they got rid of the snakes and they got rid of the Nessie and they got rid of, I really wish they'd get rid of fucking those black house spiders that keep coming into my mobile home and fucking terrorising me. But that is another story. Um, so you'd get, you'd take that with a grain of salt. I have to say, you know, I do know that people have phobia of spiders and I like I, I get it. I get it. But you have a hatred towards spiders. Yeah. It's not a phobia. It's not really fear. It's a, yeah. it's a hatred, which I find a little bit unnerving. What kind of person are you? That's God's it's, creature. It I, is. I get if you're afraid of them. Like I'm afraid of rats. 
but I don't have a hatred towards Samani. Oh, but would you let what, a, a rat crawl around your fucking bedroom <laughs> ceiling in the middle of the night, Will? Making a little tippy-tappy sound with your little rat sensors going off and fucking free... No, you no, you wouldn't. And I, I actually resent the accusation. I don't hate them. They're just the devil's coachmen. And I hate them, right? Okay, yeah, separate. Now, shut up, right? So... Let's see if there's any more, you know, convincing evidence than this fella who wrote a book a hundred years after the other fella said it and was trying to, you know, Bible bash. The best known article that first attracted a great deal of attention about the creature was published in May 1933 in the Inverness Courier about a large beast or whale-like fish. The article by Alex Campbell, local water bailiff for Loch Ness and a part-time journalist, I see how that was working in his favour, discussed a sighting by Aldi Mackay of an enormous creature with the body of a whale rolling in the water in the loch while she and her husband John were driving on the road and the word monster was first applied to Nessie herself. Here's what Aldi says. The creature disported itself rolling and plunging for fully a minute its body resembling that of a whale and water cascading and churning like a simmering cauldron Soon, however, it disappeared in a boiling mass of foam. Both onlookers confessed that, there was, confessed that there was something uncanny about the whole thing, for they realised that here was no ordinary denizen of the depths, because apart from its enormous size, the beast, in taking the final plunge, sent out waves that were big enough to have caused a passing steamer to wobble. Apparently, Mackay shouted out, Stop the beast! Now, well... If you saw something jumping around in the water and kind of like mm, something that you weren't really sure that it was, would you initially uh, ascribe the term beast to it? Um, no, I wouldn't. I'd only I'd only do that if if I seen the eyes and the head or something. Yes. Then I'd be like, it's a beast. Um, if it was just you swimming and it was your it was your the bun the top of your head your bun going in the water I might say beast um, but you know I'd probably say it under my breath and at the back of a crowd just to get them to join in too but no if I was on my own I'd just see it no I wouldn't your honour I wouldn't you've often called me a beast when I've been dressed up for a night out and I only asked you that about the beast thing because this lady later um, confessed that she had I never called you a beast on a night out <laughs> I would never do that Annie I would never you are a dog people are going to be thinking now I'm like you're a beast tonight in it in it I'm not like that I would... have you ever called me Annie take have that have you back. ever called me a triangle haired beast the next morning um yeah but for valid reason and you know why (laughs) this lady says that she had heard stories about the beast in the vicinity beforehand which makes you kind of think okay like was then was it just you did see something like maybe like a really big otter or a fox or something and then you were like oh it's the beast i'm gonna get my name in the paper I don't know, but that's what my cynical mind thinks. In 1933, George Spicer and his wife saw a most extraordinary form of animal cross across the road in front of their car. They described the creature as having a large body, a high neck, about eight metres long. What? A long, wavy, narrow neck. That's like you, Will. Slightly thicker than an elephant's trunk. Mm, Yours is a bit thinner. And as long as the 10 to 12 foot width of the road. They saw no limbs. It lurched across the road to the loch 20 yards away, leaving a trail of broken undergrowth in its wake. 
Spicer described it as the nearest approach to a dragon or prehistoric animal that I have ever seen in my life. It had a long neck which moved up and down in the manner of a scenic railway. Sorry, love. In the manner of a scenic railway. Yeah, you seem scared out of your life. It also had an animal in its mouth, a body that was fairly big with a high back, but if there were any feet, they must have been of the webbed kind. And as for a tail, I cannot say, as it moved so rapidly, when we got to the spot, it had probably disappeared into the loch. Now, I find this account kind of fascinating, because I've never heard of Nessie out of the water. Yeah, I've never heard of Nessie out of the water either. This is new, new evidence and new encounters that you're bringing the audience and me today, Andy. And I hope for your sake that you did not make this up because you have a tendency to. (laughs) I spoke to your teachers in primary school and secondary school and they said, away with the fairies is how they (laughs) described you. I would like to state for the record that that case was settled outside of court and uh, my lawyer has uh, (laughs) informed me that it would be best practice not to speak about it any further. So I'll just continue with my story. Have you seen the photo, the really famous photo of Nessie, a black grainy kind of photo with a little what looks like a, a, a brontosaurus neck just like popping up out of the water. It's one of the most famous ones of it. I've sent it to you there and I'll put it up for you guys to see on the FB page and on our Instagram. So you've seen this one before. Yeah. Now, Will, true or a hoax? Oh, like 100% a hoax. Like it's, first of all, it looks like it's tiny against the waves. And then when you actually like see that bigger picture you have beside it, it looks like it's a rubber ducky with elongated neck. (laughs) Or like someone with a gay hand doing a fucking swan. Oh, oh, he looks like that guy sprinkling the salt. (laughs) Actually, yeah. Totally. Oh, we have to do a little Photoshop of that. So this is one of the most famous photos and uh, it's... Oh, it is sad to think, but it was actually pr- proven as a hoax. But there's a really funny story behind it. So this guy called Marmaduke Wetherill was a very famous big game hunter. And he had been hired in 1933 by the Daily Mail to find Nessie. So off he went with his big gun. Uh, hmm, hello. Um, up to Scotland to find Nessie. And this is the bearing of his uh, expedition he came back with this photo and for years and years and years it was taken as the best photo of Nessie because there had been some prior to this but they were mm, they were very grainy and blurry and unclear and hard to know like what you were looking at Uh, one that people said that was Nessie was actually purportedly a photo of a dog carrying a stick swimming in the water so but this photo is called the surgeon's photograph because at the time the guy who handed it to the media was a a surgeon who didn't want to be named later was named as Robert Wilson so in 1994 60 years after it graced the pages of the Daily Mail Christopher Sperling verified the photograph as a hoax by admitting his own involvement in his production Sperling was the stepson of Marmaduke Wetherill. He returned from his expedition with evidence of enormous footprints leading from the lake's shore into the water. However, the Natural History Museum researchers concluded that the tracks had been made with a dried hippo's foot, which were popular umbrella stands at the time. This guy had taken his umbrella stand. (laughs) 
guy had taken his umbrella stand and brought it out uh, to the mo- the banks beside the lock and had tried to impersonate a fucking 20 foot monster. Yeah. And he had got he had got Sperling involved. Sperling revealed that the photo was a hoax. He explained that Weatherall had enlisted his help to create a model of the monster's neck and place it on a toy submarine. Robert Kenneth Wilson was cho- chose to give the photograph to the media because of his trusted reputation as a doctor to clear up any idea that it actually was a real photo. They had they, they had gotten together in their garage, and made this little putty kind of paper mache head of Nessie put it on a toy submarine and went out and took a few photos of him and blew them up I love I love that um, do you know like people oh what did you get up to for the weekend and the two of them just been like looking at each other been like nothing but little but absolutely <laughs> wrecked with tiredness because they've been <laughs> fucking up to no good imagine their wives what are you doing what is it a submarine with a head you want to take that to make tracks of a hippo what like it, it'd be more believable to say that they were having an affair with each other it's so know, weird it's okay. they obviously have they obviously have more more money than sense as well oh like, yeah to be just arsing around for this but I tell you one thing, I bet the Daily Mail paid him handsomely for his little puppet expedition. Yeah, I don't know, Annie, like they don't pay as much as you think. I tried to sell that story about you and they weren't interested at all. <laughs> they said five fifty, and I said five hundred and fifty. And they said no, five pounds fifty. And I said, oh, and I just said, listen, I'm going to shop around and see. Yeah. And they'll say, listen, they said, listen, you won't get a better price. I said, I'm going to go to the sun. And they said, off you go. I went to the sun and they said 450. So I just left the story because it was more hassle than anything. That's really disappointing because I wasn't wearing any knickers that day. I know, but I think that's the thing. I think it was too graphic. I think it was too, like, too much. It actually was, re- it was repulsing people. And that's why they were like, no, our viewership, our readership's going to go down. We don't want this type of content. And I was like, but please, please, please. And they were like, no, we don't want to push Nessie's private parts on the front page. Are you quite finished? Are you quite finished? Because I want to move on from the Loch Ness puppet and tell you about the Loch Ness Muppet. Yes, in 1977, Anthony Doc Shields camping next to Urquhart Castle, which is a ruined, beautiful castle on the shores of Loch Ness, took some of the clearest pictures of the monster till this day. Shields, a magician and psychic, claimed to have summoned the animal out of the water. He later described it as an elephant squid claiming the long neck shown in the photograph is actually the squid's trunk and that a white spot at the base of the neck is its eye. Due to the lack of ripples, it has been declared a hoax by a number of people and received its name, the Loch Ness Muppet, because of its staged look. Now, this is one, this is probably the second most famous photo of it and it's a colour photograph and it actually looks like a still from, what's that kid's movie, The Land Before Time? It looks like the cartoon dinosaur out of that. This fucking cowboy, this fella was like, I'm a magician. I'm going to play my little flute and get this fella like to pop up out of the water for me. And he came back with this photo, which can only be described as the artwork of a five year old. 
but people believed it. Oh, artist is throwing shade at another artist. Look, I don't want to be filling you full of, of stories about hoaxes because there are people out there who have sworn to have seen Nessie with their eyes. And here's a little bit of tape from 1938 when an investigator went to Scotland to talk to some of the locals that had seen Nessie. And if you just, just press play there, Will, at about, hmm, let me see now, what's the time? Oh, it's very regal music or something. On the 21st of July, 1930, I was fishing off Tor Point at the north end of the loch and opposite the village of Dawes. The sound of splashing attracted our attention and approximately 600 yards away, we observed spray being flung into the air by some dark creature on the surface of the water. I'm convinced of the reality of the presence of a monster, or more properly, of a family of monsters in the loch. Firstly, because I myself saw a monster. Three considerable humps appeared in line in the water and moved obliquely at great speed in a northwesterly direction. I mention a family of monsters since it seems impossible for one to have survived for long. And since the evidence points to there being several, I have seen oh. the monster five. First of all, that priest is a homosexual. I'm a homosexual, so I can say that. Second of all, um, he saw a whale. He saw a family of whales. Would you please, please get down off the altar, Father? Please. <laughs> Four months. I saw a monster, and as I say, a family of monsters because I'm sassy as fuck, and I fucking say what I want. And you can say what you want about me, but it's not true. I like women. <laughs> I also think that the way they spoke, and um, this is actually the way the Queen uh, spoke up until her death, or R.I.P. Uh, her Royal Majesty. Family of monsters. I believe that there were a family of monsters, as one monster would not have lived so long. Sorry, where do you learn to speak like that? Not up in the fucking Scottish Islands, I can tell you that. Very, very posh. Very posh. Now, I want you to listen to this other local lady. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. After a few seconds, like a big island in the water, then he disappeared. I often look for him since, but I have never seen him. I was out on the balcony here with three friends and saw the monster in the water. It was a bright, sunny day, and I got the surprise of my life. What I saw was its head and neck for 20 minutes moving from side to side. The sun's rays seemed to magnify the creature's eye. I saw a head appear. I really thought it was um, a seal's head. But the, the head rose right out of the water, about two feet. He seemed to be, he was, in fact, eating a, a fish. He put his head down to the water, and then I could see a hump rise, Jeez. not very much above the water. And another hand behind that, not quite so large at the front half. So we're talking about seals here, I presume, are we? Or eels? I don't know. Like, it's it, why these people have lost the run of themselves. <laughs> like, I feel like there's going to be like, there was a creature in the sky and it had two wings and it was flapping around. And I believe it was a monster, a monster of the air. And it was also going around and it was making a noise like, I believe it was trying to talk to me <laughs> but I don't know what kind of language it was speaking because I don't know what the monster of the air speaks there was also a lady that appeared from the bush her name was Annie I believe she had a bun on her head and she had a lot of hair on her body and she scared me my child looked at her and she started crying I also started crying and my husband said quick get in the house it's Bigfoot's wife I don't know why they have a Welsh accent in the Scottish Highlands. That's really weird that that was in the BBC audio file from the 1938. How old are you? How old are you? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? It's, it's kind of gas because now we have like we have everything at our fingertips. So like we can look up something because like somebody said the name of an animal. You'd be like, what the fuck is that? And you can look it up in a like a split second. You know what it is. But if you encounter it like without like any of the knowledge that we possess today which is like so easily accessible you would be probably like it's a monster 
or at you. I'm on steroids. <laughs> yeah, and that's the way it's kind of gone over the years. It's gone back and forth and back and forth. There have been some things that have been categorically like exposed as hoaxes, and they have been. But then there's other footage that you can look at. Like there's so many videos online that you're like, okay, I don't really know what that is, but like it, like I can't see a dinosaur dragon shaped monster, but I don't know what it is. But I suppose you could say that about a lot of things. It's really funny. There's this guy there's this guy who worked on the lock for years I don't know if he's still there his name is George Edwards and he said in back in the 60s or was it the 60s or the 80s let me check this now let me check this now and have it right I don't need people coming after me that now are pension age and they need a little bit more money because the electricity is all going up you see (laughs) it's going to be cancelled he said, yeah, back in the 80s that he had seen this picture and you can see it online and apparently he says it's real. But then he came along in the 20 teens, I think it was 2016, that he had caught in another picture of the monster. Uh, but when he was, <laughs> when he was uh, questioned under duress about, about it for, by a local journalist, he finally admitted that he had made it all up. Not about the first photo, he still maintains that that it's real but about the second one he admitted that it's a lump of fiberglass upside down that they put in there while they were filming like an account of the Loch Ness Monster and it was never meant to be anything other than a prop but here is your man George Edwards telling everyone that it's real and using it to get visitors onto the boat up in Loch Ness telling them that he had a picture of the Loch Ness Monster trying to get the money in getting that money in the door (laughs) get it in the door right now (laughs) He's looking to go for a few points at the weekend. Get the money fucking in. Get the money in. And on that point, he says that having fibbed about his evidence that he had apparently sent to the US for analysis, Edward is disdainful of so-called experts, saying that he still believes in Nessie and that he just used the picture to gain a little bit more notoriety for the area. He insists, There is no such thing as an expert on Loch Ness. There are people with an opinion. They keep on talking about big fish or big waves being responsible for monster sightings. People don't come to Loch Ness to see big fish or big waves. The surgeon's picture, that's the original picture, the black and white grainy one that is has been exposed as a hoax, has been the most iconic image for the whole Loch Ness industry. Even people who have a go at me use it as part of their corporate image. And in another article about the tourist industry in Loch Ness, I read that it brings in 41 million for Scotland every year. 41 wow. million. Keep it going. Keep it going. I suppose if your job did depend on it, then, you know, this guy was a little bit cheeky about it. But I guess if you're feeding your family from it, like, it's hard times, Well, Like, you've got to keep the money in. Like, we're making this podcast. <laughs> I love the way you're equating this podcast to a fucking made-up <laughs> paranormal creature in a lake where people are robbing other people of money so we're we're okay yeah i don't really agree with it to be honest with you um but i think like it's now like so famous that it's grown its own legs and is a fucking land animal at this stage like it's crawled all over the world and uh everybody knows about it yes do you know but it's gassed the way, like, it's gassed the way, like, people just see the slightest little flicker on the lake and then are like, oh, my God, it's the Loch Ness it's Monster. Her. Whereas if you looked at any lake, you would probably see, like, far more activity. 
um, and uh, you wouldn't be equating it to a fucking prehistoric creature. No. Even though I love dinosaurs and I wish it was like a dinosaur that lived under the water type thing. Yeah, no. And just as you said, that, um, funnily enough, is what I had in my mind when I went to Loch Ness this year. Me and Dave went over and did a bit of the Highlands for a few days. And I always wanted to swim in Loch Ness because I love a bit of the old, you know, swimming outdoors. And I was like, I'm going to swim in Loch Lomond, which is a smaller lake down near to Glasgow. And then when we go up to the Highlands, I'm going to swim in Loch Ness. So off we went anyway. And I had my little swim the first day that I got there. And oh, can I just tell you this as well? It was so fucking hard to get into that loch because like it is because it's fresh water there's a certain type of algae on it and like Dave was at the side and I was there trying to get in and like the rocks were so slippy like so so slippy and like I couldn't get a foothold what I had to do was like keep my flip flops on until I got into the water to a certain point and then fling them back at the shore to Dave where he had to try and catch them and keep them there for me and then when I was getting out he had to fling them back at me so I could walk out the the underfoot was the slimiest like spongiest kind of weird growth that I have ever like felt in my life it was really hard to get past the shallow water into the into the depths where I could have a swim but then when I got into the deeper water it is like swimming in um how could I describe it it's like swimming in tea it's that kind of that stained kind of bog colour water yeah it's like bog water it is like for like say half a foot it's clear and then it turns into this like kind of tea stained like peaty black darkness and it's kind of a little bit oily feeling from all the algae in there and I was like oh this is so pleasant I love it sounds gorgeous yeah it was really really nice Um, so I took the pictures and I got out no I didn't I had a swim for half an hour and it was really pleasant and I always wanted to do it so I did it so that was fine so the next day we decided to do a little uh, like boat tour on a rib we had a great guide and he was really really cool uh, it was pissing rain of course it was Scotland so we got drenched but it was brilliant and we were like on this rib going really fast and we zoomed up like the whole length of the, of the lake which is like 22 miles I think it's it's really big so I wasn't like looking for Nessie or anything I was just like looking around the place mm-hmm. and um, we were chatting to the chap after who guided us uh, he was really really nice and he was like oh uh I said something about swimming and he was like, he was like, did you, did you swim in here? And I was like, yeah, I went swimming in here yesterday. And he was like, I wouldn't swim in Loch Ness for all the money in Scotland. And I was like, oh, oh, like why? And he was like, there's something down there. And I was like, oh yeah, Nessie guide, of course, there's something down there. But Will, there are things down there. There's something down there. Because that boat, that boat that we were on, its sister boat has found these sonar pictures. They're only from two years ago. So it was kind of during COVID. So I don't know if a lot of people like have like seen this. And okay, it's not a photo of Nessie. But if you look at the sonar picture that I showed you that this boat captured, it's from the Inverness Courier. I sent you a little link to it there. Mm And when they were doing like a routine, like sweep of the lock, like one day that they were out, they always have the sonar on. They're always looking at it. They had found very, very little or nothing of note. They found something on the bottom of the lock that is 10 
meters long. So it's like 23 feet long and a meter wide. So about like four feet wide. That is moving and is sitting on the bottom of the lock. And can I just say, the bottom of the lock is 500 feet below the surface. Like Loch Ness is so fucking deep. It's the largest freshwater lake I'm gonna say in Europe, I think it's one of the largest in the world. It's so fucking deep. And we, I literally could not see my hand if I put it a foot down deeper in the water. And this guy said to me that there was a chap swimming in the lake, a young boy swimming in the lake that I had been in the day before. And something had bit him on his arm and he needed an amputation afterwards. First of all, I didn't know you could swim that deep. Fair fucking place, yeah. And for Sonar to pick that up as well is an achievement. I think we could get you into the, into the Olympics. Um, no, it's serious. in all seriousness, do you think maybe they just planted something down there? So And then be like, oh, keep it going. Keep, get the money in, get the money in. Do you know, like planted a thing, let it sink down. Then did their Sonar Listen. be like, oh, something's down there. Well, after the guy who uh, tried said that he danced the snake out of the water with his magic pipe and after the other guy who put the fiberglass hump in there, like you, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't doubt them. You wouldn't doubt them. But like how mm. this thing is moving, like it's not moving fast or whatever, but it, the sonar picked up that there's movement there and it's on the bottom of the, of the lock, like what is it like some kind of like robot android thing that they've put down in there to get a few more quid off the tourists it could be just like a float thing that they've put down really deep and tied like concrete stones to the bottom so it'd stay down there no you're such a cynic who knows i am going to say i'm just going to tell you about what the skipper of the boat said this day it was a bit of a dreek day dreek means um in Scotland means like like grey and rainy and shit like a lot of days in Ireland as well and we only had 12 passengers on board I was skippering because the usual skipper had a day off said Mr Mackenzie 49 who runs the company with his wife Debbie we were out at halfway point off Inverloriston where we turn around the water is 199 metres six sorry not even 500 metres deep 620 feet deep there the passengers were quite excited because we had just spotted a sea eagle but then I saw on the sonar something more eye-catching it was right bang smack in the middle of the lock at 170 meters down because the boat was doing 10.7 knots I was unable to detect the exact movement of it but it was big at least 10 meters the contact lasted 10 seconds while we passed over. I've been on the lock since I was 16 years old and I've never seen anything like it. We've had contacts in the past, but nothing like this. We have real state-of-the-art sonar on the new boat. It doesn't lie. It can't lie. It captures what is there. Bam, bam, bam. So, right. If it's not the robot thing tied down with concrete that you think that they might have put on the bottom of the lake, then what is it, right? So a lot of people think that maybe it's eels. There is a lot of eel activity in Loch Ness. When some researchers came over uh, several years ago, they found like DNA from like hundreds of different eels now prehistoric, dead and living in the lake. But the thing is about it, like, freshwater eels only really grow to maybe maximum like four or five feet long this thing is 10 meters long 
Yeah, and the eel could have bit the boy, no? See, I have it all wrapped up here now. This is just a shim sham. I'm going to go over there with placards and be like, shim sham Loch Ness, shim sham Loch Ness. <laughs> They'll be like, get out of here, get out of here. I bet you the men in black will be there in a second. But really, the men in black will be the locals being like, please leave. This is how we survive. Well, it probably was an eel who bit the child, but what kind of fucking size of an eel would it be? This is the thing. Like, the eels that live in fresh water, like, even the biggest eels. I've sent you a picture of the biggest cat, one of the biggest catfish ever caught, and one of the biggest freshwater eels. Now, look at them. Like, they're not that big, are they? No, no. I think the, I think it's two separate things. I think your man on the boat, like, talking about that child, which did that happen, but let's say it did, that was... A, maybe a, like a gigantic eel that bit the boy and this sonar thing is just like a thing that's tied to the bottom of the ocean or bottom of the lake just for how dare you this is lo- this is this is what? messy i am absolutely what? disgusted at your reaction to this listeners could you please write in with your notes of disgust for will's oh cynicism God. for my oh first my, my first story back I'm trying to prove that i had you, an I'm actual saying. encounter oh with loch ness monster and will say oh no it's nice it's not true well it's better than the shit you served up to us last week <laughs> everyone for listening i'd like to know what you think about the loch ness monster after my little trip this year i i'm i'm back on the side of a total believer i don't think it's like a dinosaur type thing that looks like a dinosaur <laughs> i think it's an eel that's unbelievably big <laughs> i don't think it's a dinosaur thing that looks like a yeah dinosaur. you know i don't um, think it's one of those i don't think it's what we might imagine it to be but i think it's a fucking eel that nobody has ever seen the likes of before and it can run across land <laughs> whoa whoa you were after that that went up a gear there at the end <laughs> you just threw that in also I want to know is like why didn't they go back with their boat and do a rerun of the sonar they do they it? do like, it you f- they do it every day like that boat is out like every day but the, that's the the first major contact with it that they've had like the, the lake is huge Will the lake is absolutely huge so they were just lucky that they ran into it that day I think no well do you know what I think I think that eel I think that eel no your honour I rest my case is having more of a social life and more celebrity status than you are at the moment so on a scale of Will versus Nessie I'm thinking Nessie <laughs> 7 Will 0 well it will probably zero. is because it's world famous like you can't compare me to the Loch Ness oh, Monster. Oh, I can. Oh, I can. Last week you compared me to what was it? A, a, a warthog. Oh, we got this. A, a warthog, some kind of beastly kind of piggy kind of a thing. Yeah, I think it was within five minutes of us restarting this podcast. And with that, I'd like to say thank you for listening. <laughs> we love you. Thanks for all the support. Thank you very much. It's been really, really touching in our private places. Thank you. <laughs> I, 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 your autographs will be in the post. I am signing. Oh, and that's just they all fell on the ground there. I am signing them as fast as I can. And Annie's posting them for me. I w- they will be with you as soon as possible. Thank you. Thank you. Join us when Will returns with another mystery of the unexplained. I can't hear your voice. It keeps dropping in and out. So I presume it's of the unexplained. Explained. Explained. Bye. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.